0: Good morning. good morning. How are we doing this morning? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's been a crazy year already and it's only been 15 days. <laughs> yeah, The world's gone nuts. But that's okay because we're not part of it. We're not meant to be taking part of it anyway. All right. Cool. Well, I did change my title at the last minute because... Uh, Been battling with this message a little bit, tossing back and forth. It's almost like a wrestling match with God because awaken to righteousness. What I mean by that is uh, when we first become a believer, the first thing that happens to us is God's righteousness. And hopefully by the end of this message, you'll understand what I mean. But righteousness is a Christian's foundation. You know, when they build a huge skyscraper, they have to have pretty, pretty strong foundations for that building to sit on. That's righteousness. Without it, none of this matters. In fact, we wouldn't be here without righteousness. You can come into this service and lift your hands up and praise a holy God and come into his holy presence without his righteousness. I don't care what you did this morning, what you did last week, it doesn't change the fact that God put righteousness on you. Right? It's got nothing to do with what you done. It's all got to do with faith. You know, so I think when people think of righteousness, they usually confuse it with holiness. Some may think you already know the answer and believe righteousness is the way you act. It's not. We're led to believe that with the examples through the world. You know, when so-called holy men dress themselves up and everyone thinks that they're more righteous than them because they've read the Bible more, they've prayed more, they've done good deeds, rubbish. They have no more standing with God than you and me. It's a big lie that's been told generation to generation. Even even in our current system of church. I'm not pointing churches out, but it seems to be an issue. You know, It always seems to me that Christians go to sleep on this matter. It's like we get so far off righteousness and poof, we go to sleep. Hence why awaken to righteousness. Paul actually talks about it. You know, when Paul... Paul was an apostle and he had a right to speak to churches, hence why he wrote letters to churches that fell off the wagon. Okay. Yeah, he, in a way, pointed their sin out. I mean, that's not our job. We don't do that. But he says, you know, the sexual morality is unacceptable. You know, sin's not acceptable. Have you forgotten your righteousness? Is what he's saying. He always pointed them back to the cross. He always said, you have forgotten your, what is God has done for you on the cross the enormity of what was done on that cross is massive. It's huge. I can't express that enough. You see, holiness is your conduct. And the Bible and Paul is very clear on our conduct. eh? Very clear. We are expected to behave a certain way because it's for the benefit of an unbeliever. Think about it. If If you're a drunkard, but you call yourself a Christian, right? You're still a Christian, but you have been a drunkard. How is a person that you're trying to witness to going to believe you? Conduct. Doesn't change his stance with God, though. Because think about it. Are you saying what Adam had done is greater than what Jesus had done? Are you saying that your sins are only forgiven up to the cross, and in the very next second you sin, you're done? You've got to ghost continually go back no it's a permanent thing it's why we can come to church on a sunday and have corporate worship it is why we can enter in the presence of god he fixed the problem not us think about it logically right what adam did did we have anything to do with that but we inherited the sin didn't we okay sin still exists but the power is What was the power? The power stopped us from meeting the presence of God. It stopped us from going to heaven. What did Jesus do? He dealt with it once and for all. Do you? Can you grasp that yet? I don't think people can. Don't go to sleep on me, eh? <sighs> Sorry, it's just I've really been focusing on this saying... Eh? And, uh, you know, I've, we've heard righteousness messages before, and I'm not bagging those, and they're all good. And it always feels like you get a little bit of a glimpse and you start to wake up, but then life gets in the way, and you go back to sleep, and before you know it, you're in sin and you're stuck. And you wonder why you're not progressing. What are you believing in? Right believing leads to right living. Stop putting stress on yourself. If you got if sin's an issue for you, you can still go to God. You're still right with God, because that's what righteousness is. You can still turn to God and say, God, I'm sorry. Does that make sense? You don't repent to get right with God. You repent because you're sorry. Because you're already right. Do you understand? Hopefully you can get it. Like I said, holiness is conduct. Don't disre- I'm not disregarding it. I'm not focusing on that. I'm just focusing on righteousness. But I just wanted to make that clear. I'm not preaching a license to sin. That's not what I'm saying. And if that's what you're thinking, you, you've missed it completely. All I'm saying is sin doesn't change my position with Christ. Otherwise, Adam, what Adam did is far greater. Does that not make logical sense? Put another way, righteousness is not about a goody-two-shoe ways of thinking or acting. It's not something that can be earned or attained. It's given through grace. It's a gift. We are put into right standing with God through the work of what Jesus, through the work of what Jesus did on the cross. You know, I was thinking about it the other day, or well, recently actually, you know, I don't know if some of you might not know the story of the Pharisees that caught a woman in adultery and, They were after Jesus. They were trying to get him caught out, trying to really trap him. And back then, they believed, you know, you stone this person. So they brought this woman to Jesus and said, Look, we just caught her in adultery. Look, what did Jesus do? He says, Well, okay, you can throw a stone at her, but only if you haven't got sin in your life. One by one, they all walked away. Do you know what Jesus did? Did he condemn her? Did he say, You're a bad person for doing that? No, he says, Your sins are forgiven. I do not condemn you. You're not condemned. He did, however, say, go and sin no more for another thing come on you worse. Because there is consequences. There's no way about that. Uh, It's like if you feed your body bad things, there's a consequence for that, isn't it? It's the same with living wrong. There's a consequence to it. Okay? Okay? And it's okay for the pastor to not accept your conduct too. And don't take it as a religious pointing the finger. Because if you read what Paul does and how Paul addresses it, he's pretty hard out about it. But he always brings you back to the cross. It's not about condemnation. It's about, hey, you've forgotten. Have you forgotten what Jesus has done for you? See, when a person accepts Jesus, he or she is moved into a position of a new birth and enters into the kingdom of God as God's very own child and as a joint heir with Christ. Now, we heard about inheritance last week from the pastors, and righteousness is an inheritance. It's one of the. It is the thing that happens on the cross. It is the thing. It is the reason. Like I said, why I can be up here and talk on behalf of God. I'm not holy. I'm not perfect, but God's righteousness is, and it's on me. It's critical that Christians begin to see themselves as righteous because there is power in knowing the truth about righteousness. There are so many truths in the Bible we're yet to really grasp. We, We only touch the surface. It's only now that I'm starting to see this. It's like God is shining a light on this truth. And like, it's just getting bigger. It's almost scary because, you know, you've kind of believed a certain way for so long and then all of a sudden you you see this thing and you go, oh, I've kind of been thinking wrong. It's okay to admit that. How else do you change and grow? How else do you let revelation change you? That's the point. We're not perfect. We all have different opinions and different ways of thinking. So, you know, just be open to revelation. Alright, so my foundation scripture for this is Romans 4 1 8. Now, this is Paul dealing with this issue of uh, righteousness. It says, What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift but as an obligation. However, to the one who does not work but trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one whom God credits righteousness apart from works. And it says, Blessed are those whose transitions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. This is, this is David in the Old Testament. You, the thing about the Old Testament, it is the shadow of the New. To get an understanding of what the New Testament is, you need to understand the Old Testament because the whole Old Testament is a huge build-up right up to the cross. The New Testament doesn't start until Jesus died on that cross. You look, You look at the change that happened. All the disciples turned into apostles after that. Look at their ministries. They took off. The Holy Spirit came. It was a game changer. Complete game changer. See, the scripture has a lot in it, and Paul is teaching on justification by faith and not by works. And the question that Paul raises in verse 1 is the primary issue of every generation How can a sinful man be made right with a holy God? This is the very question that Paul addresses and answers. How can we find acceptance with God? Paul starts off by addressing, can we attain righteousness through works? No. You can't. As Paul explains, if a man could attain righteousness through works, then he would say it was his own doing and he could boast to everyone that I am right with God because of look what I've done. Hmm? I'm more holier than you. I read my Bible longer. Rubbish. (laughs) Unfortunately, religious... Spirits and religious thinking has not totally been abolished, eh? It's ling- it lingers around. That's why some people can't handle messages like that. They can't. Because they've worked too hard to be righteous. All of that hard work's going down the drain. Good. Needs to. Stop it. There's no freedom in it. And you know it in yourself, there's no freedom. Because you're striving. Every day you're striving. You're waking up and you're striving. And you're striving. And you wonder why people give up. Because you're striving all the time. We're not called to strive. Come on. Why would, we, why would you believe in something just to strive even more? That's the world system. We don't give glory to God if that's the way we live our life we need to understand the enormity of what happened on that cross. It's huge. See, there is nothing he can, you know, Paul slams the door shut on this line of thinking. He answers, but not before God. Even Abraham's deeds appeared as filthy rags to God. There is nothing he can do that would merit his favor before God. When he stands before God, there will be no boasting of what he did. Isaiah 42, verse 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. God is a jealous God. He will not share his glory with another. Why? We just sung a song to give all glory to God. You know, yeah, she gets it. You just listen to, you know, listen to the songs we were singing. We're actually confessing what's been done on the cross, but we forget, or we feel like I've done something, so it's affected that. No, it doesn't work like that. Wrong thinking. See, the idea that man, even the best of men like Abraham, can't, can be justified by his works cannot be true. If it were true, God would have to share his glory with man, but God will not share his glory because he's jealous for his own glory. All glory to God. You, you only have to look at all the rulers and leaders that we've had throughout history in the world. What, what is one thing in common? They all want a glory. You know? Have you seen some of those pictures or posters of a leader or a dictator? They're always like this. Because they want the glory. They want people to worship them. It's true though. <laughs> Maybe I should have that as my profile pic. But yeah, <laughs> it's true. They just, they want the glory. I mean, I've, over the holidays, I've been looking at, looking at some historical leaders just because I like to see what was something unique about them because they did achieve some quite miraculous things just by perseverance and, and leadership qualities. But they all wanted the glory. That's wrong. Glory goes to God. The greatest leader out of them all is David. He was not perfect. We know he sinned. But man, did he ever lose a battle? Never. Always outnumbered, always conquered, because he knew who God was. He knew who he was to God. Glory was always given to God, and he was a king. Paul continues in uh, verse 3. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. What you've got to realize about Abraham is before Abraham met God, you know, he lived in a pagan land where they worshipped pagan gods. Like the God of the moon was one of them. And he probably worshipped it too. He was a sinner and a blasphemer until God came into his life. And this is what makes Abraham so unique. He was so willing to believe. So what was the result of Abraham's believing? Paul says righteousness was credit, credited to Abraham. So what does the word credited mean? It's a banking term, isn't it? I'll come back to that. The word credited, just in this chapter, is found nine times in Romans 4, if you read through it, nine times he talks about accredited to Righteousness. But the word accredited is a bookkeeping or accounting term that means to post to the account of, to uh, to credit to the account of, or to put into the account of. So it is when something is moved out of one side of the ledger to the other and transferred into the other side of the ledger. Sorry, I just muddled that up, but that is what the word credited means. Transferring from one position to another. See, God takes the perfect righteousness of Jesus, because remember, he was the only person that was sinless, and he transferred it right into our account, the sinner, who believes. Remember, that's the key. It only works if you believe. So all that was bad about us, God took and gave it to Jesus. Took it out of our account and put it into Jesus' account. Then he took the righteousness of Jesus and put it into our account now show me where in the Bible where he took it away no henceforth you're righteous got to think of it logically unless there's a scripture that says that uh, God only put it in there for five minutes and then you screwed up and he took it away then I'll be proven wrong but I haven't found that yet Again, that would mean Adam, what Adam did was greater, which makes no sense. Why would he sacrifice his own son just for that? For five minutes? It's not. It's a lifestyle. It's transformation. It's the renewing of your mind. See, that was what was transferred into Abraham's account, and it happened immediately in the twinkling of an eye. One moment, he's spiritually bankrupt. The second he possesses all the riches of God's grace transferred into his account. Justified by faith. You know, we've heard the term, the just shall live by faith. You are the just. We are, all the time. As long as you have faith. That's the key. Do you believe it? If you don't believe it, then it's not going to work for you, is it? Because it's faith. And we all have faith because you all got born again. And when you got born again, the first thing that happened to you was you got justified. So you don't need any more faith, you've already got it. It's time to start using it and living in it. See, the word righteousness means perfect conformity to a standard. Perfect conformity to a standard. Justification gives us standing perfect conformity to God's own holiness. You know, in the Old Testament, there were very few people who could be in the presence of God because God was so holy. There were a couple of priests and then Isaiah, you know, the main guys. God accredited righteousness for them at the time so that they could be in his presence. But the majority of people couldn't be in his presence. Otherwise, they would actually die because God's holy God. It's like the story when they were moving the Ark of the Covenant and one of the guys accidentally touched the Ark of the Covenant and they dropped dead. Only very few. But that's not the case anymore. He he's solved the problem. To Abraham, it done nothing to deserve it other than belief. It was accredited purely by the grace of God, just like myself and you guys. It's just whether you understood that at the time or not. You know, until a believer is righteous and knows that he's righteous, he or she is righteous, Satan will reign over you. He'll reign over you. He will take advantage of it because that's all he's got. That's all he's got. Is it just to deceive you? (laughs) That's it. That's all he's got. It's like, can you imagine you, you, you get a new job? you turn up to your new job and by lunchtime you go out for lunch and then before you know it, you're going back to your old job and asking your old boss what I must do today. That's pretty much, you can sum up a Christian. We get told all this good stuff, we get told all these revelations, we walk out their door and we're going back to our old boss. Is that true or not? I know because I do it. Come on, let's be honest. Bit of honesty, eh? learn we'll to get rid of it just relax me don't need to be tense about it god doesn't want us to be stressed out it's good news it's good news so you know if you if you struggle with not feeling good enough or maybe you're working really hard to live a righteous life through works or you do find yourself comparing yourself to others in the hope of finding some place where you finally might feel like you're righteous or are you struggling with sin in your life if so confess i am the righteousness of god overcome the problem of confession overcome the problem with truth god's righteousness is a free gift accept it embrace it like paul did you know if you get a bad thought in your mind or you feel like you know some darkness is trying to direct you somewhere just, i am the righteousness of god no, I am the righteousness of God. End of story. But the devil, he's clever. He'll try and point things out to you. So the good news is you can't earn righteousness because you're already righteous. You might be saying to yourself, I don't feel righteous, but that doesn't make it any less true because it's by faith. It's not by feelings. It's not by emotions. It's by faith. In fact, when you are feeling down, depressed, and Feel like you've lost, that's when it counts the most. That's when you pick yourself up and go, No, no, I am the righteousness of God. All you have to do is go, and God's right there. Turn around. Repentance means to turn around. Does it not? It's up to you whether you guys accept this truth or not, eh? That's good. Honestly, I really feel like, I really do feel like God is starting to shine a huge light on this topic. Only touching, scratching the surface, but it's the first time that I feel like I've had enough to know to actually start speaking like this. If that makes sense. I'll be honest, I was apprehensive. Because it, to me, I find it a big deal, it's huge. Some of you might already know this, and that's cool, good on you. Some of us don't, or some of us, a lot of us have gone to sleep, awakened to righteousness. Romans 3, 21, 22. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law of the prophets testify. The righteousness is given through faith in Christ Jesus to all who believe there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, The moment you were born again you became righteous, not perfect, maybe not sanctified, that's an ongoing thing, but right with God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. God's gift to the world is Jesus who knew no sin. He was made to be sin for us. He was made to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. Are we starting to see the picture here? How can that be undone by our own doing when we had nothing to do with it? Exactly. Exactly. We who knew no sin, well sorry, we who knew sin were made righteous when we were born again and became new creations, new creatures. We are something new. And yet, you know, it's hard to believe this way because we've lived in a world and a system a certain way and believed a certain way for so long, so you do've got to work on it. You do gotta keep reminding yourself of these new things. That's why the Bible says, renew your mind. If you read this one week and the next week, that's not going to work. I find if I go away from this, I start to go down real fast. Every time I come back to this, I come right back up. God doesn't condemn you. We're not condemned, we're blessed. We're not the condemned. The condemned goes to hell. We don't. Well, none of us are going that way. If you're born again, you believe in Jesus, you're heaven bound. Now you're blessed there's no condemnation for you so if you're living in condemnation you're living in a lie a bit dry so righteousness is not connected to our conduct you can't you can't earn righteousness with good behavior it only comes through faith in Jesus Christ for everyone who believes no matter who we are Romans 3:22. This is a powerful miraculous truth that will change your life forever when you really get a revelation of it. You know, usually when you ask a Christian or a believer, are you righteous? What do you think the answer is? It's normally, oh, who me? They're trying to either trying to be humble or they're too scared to say that they're righteous because they don't they think that's not going to please God. Actually, they're speaking from the way they feel and usually because they don't believe or don't know the truth of what God actually says about you. So if someone asks you if you're righteous, you confidently say, yep, I am. And then if that person goes, well, how can you be righteous? You did this. I don't care. God says I'm righteous. It had nothing to do with me other than my faith. That's how you deal to that. So, one thing you will notice, and when you start to get a revelation of righteousness or any kind of revelation of God in that matter, Satan will always try and jump up in that path to try and get you off. And all he's doing is he's going to start pointing out things to you. He'll say things like, Oh, don't you remember those ugly things you said and did? Look at what you've done. Don't expect God to forget all of that. Who do you think you are? You're too unworthy to approach God. These are the sort of things He's telling you. They're all lies. And that's the only power he has is lies. Truth, the truth shall set you free, is it not? This is called sin consciousness, being focused on condemnation and negative outcomes rather than what Jesus has done for you. Sin consciousness is not God's will for you, eh? Romans three, twenty three to twenty six. Now, we've all, uh, we've all heard this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have many preachers, including myself, we've used that. But the scripture, has been, and the scripture has been used a number of times, but if you read further into the passage, you'll see what Paul is actually trying to convey. And it carries on and said, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as appropriation by his blood, Through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness. That he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. The justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. We're justified. End of story. God's will is that his people be righteous consciousness and not sin consciousness. And that's the point I was trying to make. You see, beating yourself up about every mistake you've made doesn't make you holy or righteous. And and some, some religions do that. I've seen them beat themselves on the back and ten Hail Marys and all that rubbish. That just keeps you in bondage and it's a lie. Bad example for the world too. All that does will make you depressed and no use to anyone and I can testify to that. I've shared before when I first became a Christian, you know. There, there is a two-year period, I believe Pastor Don would say, of being a baby Christian. After that, it's like God will go, well, you know, I'm going to have to start taking the training wheels off, and you're either going to fall or you're not, but I'll be here to pick you up. So for many years, I did nothing with it. I, I wish I knew how righteous I was. would have solved a lot of problems. Hmm? See, someone who who goes out willingly sinning and then does it all without any regret or sorrow and then turns around and calls himself a Christian ain't a Christian and he ain't saved. I'm sorry, that's just... We all know that when we gave our heart to Jesus that was a special moment, wasn't it? We knew something changed within us and that's the point. Something changed with us. Someone like that, nothing changed. They haven't got it yet. See, God didn't, didn't just cover your sins, he put you in right standing with him. He recreated you by the Spirit of God as if sin never existed. Can you, are you starting to see the enormity of what he's done? But if you're like many believers, you haven't fully grasped the magnificent truth, you're caught up in sin consciousness and you keep thinking to yourself as a sin-stained instead of blood-washed. We're blood washed. We're covered by the blood. In fact, the Bible, Paul even talks about in these scriptures. I even preached on it before that righteousness is like a robe; it's a covering. You can just picture yourself. We're all wearing robes of righteousness. So that's, that's the only reason we can come to God. We can only come to God because of what Jesus did. Jesus took all our crap. In our lives, everything, every single person on this planet, he took it upon himself so that we can be free. Yeah. Are you not excited about that? Honestly, I feel like this could be a start of something. If you get it, it's not hard. Stop putting too much pressure on yourself. Okay. You gotta you know, God wants us to reign in life, and you can't reign in life if you don't understand righteousness. Yeah. Romans six, thirteen to fourteen. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. We're not under the law anymore because Jesus fulfilled the contract. He fulfilled the law. We're we under God's unmerited favor. We're under favor we didn't deserve. That's the, the, we're in the age of grace at the moment. See, a person can be officially set free yet still imprisoned. If a person lives in a prison for many years and then is set free, they often still think and act like a prisoner. The habits of freedom aren't yet ingrained in their lifestyle, but here Paul shows us how to build habits of freedom by saying, do not be a slave to your sin anymore. Be a slave to righteousness. Talking about who is your master? Who are you answering to? Hmm? What are you going to do, or what am I going to do when we walk out this door this morning? Are we going to let all of this go to waste? I hope we don't. It's time to believe the word of God because we need to get over the sin issue because it's been dealt with. Do you know that sin is no longer a problem because Jesus solved it? You're not a slave to it anymore. He's taken the power away. He took back the keys of heaven, defeated Satan in hell so that we have freedom. He set the captives free. We were the captives. And now it's our job to set the captives free because there are lots of people out there who do not know God who are living like captives. Especially more than ever. Look how draconian governments are getting around the world and it's getting worse. There's no point fighting that system. Let God deal with it. Our job is to awake people up. Yeah, there's a great awakening right now. Oh, there's a huge great awakening when it comes to corruption and government and child trafficking and all that, that damn I'm telling you now, is just about to burst. And God's behind that, but our concern is the spiritual side, which is righteousness. Our concern is the things of God. We have no control over that. We can pray and believe and help people, but that's not our focus. It's too easily to get focused on that stuff. Oh, look, what's happening? It's turning bad and everything. No, no, you've forgotten the true power. How can we change anything if you can't believe this side of it? It starts with the spiritual side, eh? Get your spiritual side right, starts to manifest in the natural, doesn't it? You know? We are going to go through storms and persecutions. You only have to see what the apostles went through. But their joy... They were joyful right through it. God, you know, sometimes when a storm comes upon us, we we pray to God, get us out of the storm. No, no, God just helps us through it because we learn from it. It makes you stronger. Paul went through, how many storms did he go through? Did God ever pull him out of them? No, he got him through them. The shipwreck, the snake bite, the beatings, people chasing him out of town. He had churches turn against him. He had Corinthians. They had a false prophet come in and totally changed, totally got the whole congregation against Paul. And when Paul found out, do you think he started abusing them and saying, you're a bunch of useless, you know what, I've done all this for you. No, 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 he was deeply concerned. He sent Titus ahead of him, and Titus managed to correct it, and Paul was very thankful. And you read the epistle, he said, you know, have you guys forgotten your righteousness? Do not forget your righteousness. Do not forget the grace of God. Do not forget what God has done for you. Have you forgotten that way? He was reminding them. It wasn't condemning. The good news is, is they turned back from, from all that rubbish. See, we don't, we don't honour what he accomplished on the cross by only believing half-truths the only problem we have is a sinner problem it's a choice all we need to do is choose righteousness and walk away from the sin problem we can just walk away from it you don't have to live in it and to be honest it's not nice is it and maybe some of you haven't experienced that, I have you do you feel trapped it's like the devil's got his thumb on you you can't see for the light of day when you get down that far, it gets really hard to get out. You, need, you don't need someone coming and going, look at you, you filthy sinner, get your act together. No, you need another fellow Christian to go, hey, have you forgotten? Don't, don't you remember you're right with God? Oh, you mean I can still come into the presence of God and talk to God and say, God, I'm sorry? Yep. We're not here to point out people's sin, we're here to encourage them. Paul said he wished every one of us would prophesy and prophesy as encouragement. We've got to encourage each other, not judge each other. We're not here to judge. We're not here to condemn either. And we don't judge the world either. It's not our job either. So if we go back to the opening scripture and look at, and we go to verse 6 and 8, Paul has used Psalms 32, 1-2 as a confirmation for the case that he made with Abraham that we are now right with God. And this is what David declared. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. David is speaking about the blessing, which is referring to divine favor and salvation, which is the context Paul has put this in, to reaffirm that salvation is apart from works. Jesus saved us once and for all, not, con- not down the track, oh, you need to be saved again. No, you're saved you're saved. I think, I think the only way, I, I wouldn't want to push the limits though. I wouldn't want to know, is there a point where you're not saved? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I think God's quite big. His grace is huge. I think maybe if you stopped believing, maybe. Maybe if you, you mean, uh, you look at Peter though. He renounced Jesus three times, yet Jesus went back to him and Peter became a powerful apostle. I remember when one of the apostles asked Jesus, how many times do I forgive this person? Because they keep doing it. Jesus goes 70 times 70. And forgiveness, by the way, works both ways. If you can't forgive, then how can your Father in Heaven forgive you? So forgive, please do that. It is a hard thing, but you got to forgive. you got to let go of baggage. It does more damage to you than the other person. They couldn't care less if you forgive them or not. So blessed are those whose transgressions have been given. Blessed is the opposite of being cursed. A person is is a person is either cursed or blessed. There's no middle ground. To be cursed means to be as harsh as it may sound, as an unbeliever under the wrath of God. They've chosen not to be with God. There are consequences for that. There's no running away from that fact. To be blessed means you're under the favor of God and you have acceptance with God. So if you're saved, you're blessed. We are all blessed. We are the blessed. So if you go back and read what David is saying about blessed people, blessed are those whose transitions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. Blessed. So the next part of the psalm says whose sins have been covered. Not only are our sins blotted out and forgotten, they are also covered, meaning God can no longer see them. Isaiah 43, 25 says I, even I am, who blots out your transgressions for my own sake I will not remember your sins. He's a holy God, he had to do it that way. In order for us to be standing front and centre he had to put Jesus' righteousness on us. Because you can't it, it still remains the fact that he's a holy God. Hence why the unsaved are not righteous. They can be. You know, God sticks to his word, eh? See, our sins, they're under the blood of Christ. Again, it says sins, and is in Plural it is not merely an isolated sin that is covered, but all of them, the whole package, has been concealed from God's sight. The idea is to let go of your baggage. The idea is to let go of your sin. You know, that stuff that's been holding you down, let it go. I remember Fergus talked about this, and I didn't quite get what he was saying, but I do now. He, he would say that when we, most Christians, or quite a few do, when they get born again, they carry their luggage and their problems with them not realizing how hey, you're a new creation you can just go leave them walk away what baggage are you still holding on to what sin are you still holding on to you have the power to walk away you know if you are struggling with someone get connected with another christian and get them to help you it's not about judgment So righteousness is a powerful force and when you stand in the righteousness of God you have the right to stand without any fear or any condemnation. Knowing that demons have to flee in the name of Jesus who has defeated hell and death on the cross. The force of righteousness completely overcomes the power of sin and death. Jesus has won the victory. Satan is already defeated. We are not on the defensive anymore. He is. He is. We must stand in truth about righteousness every day. Keep the devil on the defensive. That's how you keep him on defensive. Is renewing your mind, reminding yourself, telling yourself, I am the righteousness of God. Even tell yourself that while you're stuck in your sin. That's when it counts the most. It'll get you out of it. If you're trying to get out of sin in your own works, and some people can, just will themselves out of stuff. You'll never really be free from it. You gotta you gotta learn that we've got a new life ahead of us and we need to live it. And sin doesn't is not part of that, eh? But it's also not a problem anymore. You can still go to God. That's the point I'm trying to make. Paul does say, you know, where sin abounds, grace abounds more, and that's true. But he says, so does that mean we shall go out and sin? He said, certainly not. I think people get confused. And maybe that's what I was worried about a little bit, As some people walk out here thinking, well, he just pretty much told that sin doesn't matter and you can do whatever you want. No. It's not what I'm saying. 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Awake to righteousness. Become aware that you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you have been placed in right standing with him through the sacrifice of Jesus. When you have that revelation and truth about righteousness, it will stop the sin in your life. As long as Satan can convince you that you do not have any right of the things of God, he can keep you under his thumb and sin will control your life. But when you awake to righteousness, you will realize that Satan has defeated. He has no power over you. And the struggle is over. The struggle is over. In conclusion, when you get a revelation of truth about righteousness, you will finally be able to answer the question, what is righteousness? You'll discover you can't earn righteousness, that sin consciousness is not God's will for you, And that righteousness is a powerful force. Once you awake to righteousness, you'll never want to question it again. You'll never want to question your right standing with God again, is the point. You were made to focus on, live in and operate by the power of righteousness. It is God's will for you and that is the truth about righteousness. I hope today that, we even just, that God has shown a little bit of a light on it for you. I really implore you to go and study it yourself. I think we need to talk about it more. We need, to, we need to stay near the cross. There's other stuff that happened on that cross. It's huge. But righteousness is the key. Without it, we can't come before God. Without it, we can't come to church and worship God. Without it, there'd be no church. Because he's justified us. We're holy and sanctified. We can stand before our holy God without any condemnation, worry, or doubt. Why? Because of what Jesus did, not what i done. Cool? Well, I think I'll leave it there. Now, I'd like to give an opportunity... If there's anybody here who's never given their heart to Jesus, if that's something you'd like to do, if, if you'd like to experience the righteousness of God, if you'd like to get rid of all the rubbish in your life and have a different life and have a life of freedom and no struggle, then I, I, I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up or anything. I don't want to embarrass you, but just come up to the front and one of us will be more than happy to pray for you. If there's any other prayer requests, I encourage you to please come up. Haley's going to play some music. Have a blessed week. Remember, tell yourself, every day I am the righteousness of God no matter what circumstance you're in. Confess it. Get it in your spirit until it drops down into here. Let's start living a righteous life. Let's be the righteous we've been called to be. I really do feel like this is our moment to take. What are you going to do? Are we going to let another moment slip? Awesome. Awesome.